Right. <laughs> Show all your teeth, man. All beautiful. Oh, that really, just, really. That just said that my teeth look good, so I, I'm proud to show those off. Nice. Um, yeah, we're gonna be really weird-looking skeletons, I think. Uh, <laughs> hi, everybody. Welcome to a Walter Conquering. Oh yeah, Matt, the Czar ascending, and not only is the Czar ascending, so will I to show you my recent 1497 purchase on the WWE app. Woo! That bad boy, huh? Yeah. A little dragon off action there, man. You're gonna have an American dragon teasing. Teasing, yeah, teasing dragons, yeah. Uh, Jericho retiring, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Matt, we're talking Lesnar ponytailing his way into SummerSlam. Bianca, Matt, this is gonna be a Bianca push snuffing episode. Boom! Hate that idea. Matt, as you know, you're one of the brothers. It's the brothers of discussion. We're gonna talk. That fallout of SummerSlam. Bid adieu to the black and gold brand. Uh, say hello to uh, Technicolor Dreamcoat brand. Yeah! And man, we're going to give Phil Brooks a naughty bad boy spanking for trying to ruin the debut of more WWE alumni. How dare you, Phil? <laughs> All that before we fall asleep here on the East Coast. Matt, it's been a spicy week of wrestling. Um, a lot to cheer, a lot to boo. I'll have to come roll your eyes at because this is professional wrestling. And why would we we'd be happy 100% of the time? Matt, how are things at the Casa de Teddy and Adieu? Uh, it's doing good. First of all, Plugo, what is going on, my man? It's been a while. Uh, good to have you on. Um, hey, we, what up? At the uh, Casa de Eddie e Teddy, uh, apparently, Mike, we've had a break in our coil on our air conditioning unit um, was here. Our options were to recharge the unit, spend $3,000 on a new coil or spend like upwards of seven, 10,000 on a brand new system. So we went with recharging the unit and I'm in a sweatshirt right now because for the first time since I've owned this house, my basement feels like a basement. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's uh, we're coming on three years of owning this house, and uh, apparently we've really been spending a ton. We DTE Energy made out like gangbusters on this house because we didn't realize how, how shitty our air conditioning was. Uh, but it's fixed now, so everything's all good. Um, and uh, as as Plugo threw out there, what a time to be a fan. I, I'm just through the roof right now, uh, which would be the last thing I really want because the air conditioning's finally running. I've got wrestling going at 100% right now. I've got my air conditioning going at 100% right now. I couldn't ask for more, especially on today and this weekend. It's going to be 90 fucking degrees in Michigan as we wrap up August. So True. it's good timing. Yeah, it's, uh, we're going to be laboring before uh, Labor Day here, Matt. Matt, where can all the beautiful people find us here before we dive into the top? Oh, you know what? I was, I was, I had a great transition plan too. I was going to say, you know who had bad timing? CM Punk. But yeah, before oh. we talk about his bad timing, um, find us at brothersofdiscussion.com and bodpodcast.com. You can find the shop button if you guys want to support us. Right on that homepage, uh, click there. We have our hot tag series if you guys want to check that out. We also just have ways to support the Brothers of Discussion, which would be your mugs, your masks, your shirts, your sweatshirts. It's all there. 
you guys want something new, if there's something we say all the time in the show, uh, let us know because I'm happy to build some more merch for everybody. Uh, we've got our sister of discussion T-shirts in there as well, so go check that all out. Uh, we are, uh, yeah, we're we're just rolling along here. We had our biggest uh, YouTube episode last week. Uh, got we're happy to have you guys uh, join along. I think it probably helped that we focused on CM Punk, and that's all anybody wanted to talk about. Performance art. Hola, how are you doing? Um, so Mike, how about enough of me jibber jabbering? Uh, so that's podcast.com, brothersdiscussion.com, yada, yada, yada. Um, why don't we talk CM Punk again? <laughs> uh, what, what, letting the cat out of the bag, right? Yeah. You know, uh, the way AEW, uh, treats the television broadcast, it's, uh, man, it's starting to remind me a little bit of paranormal activity where I'm searching every inch of the screen to see, uh, who's going to be showing up next based on some clothing clues, uh, in the background. <laughs> um, so, uh, we used to have Kenny Omega coming out with chick magnet t-shirts, uh, you know, the illusion to CM chick magnet punk. And now Punk's out there with uh, little ACs and B-dubs on his, on his little shoesies there. And, uh, man, they can only be two people, Adam Cole and Brian Wanielson, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Definitely Brian Wanielson. As we all know, uh, it's his real name. Uh, I, I was actually going to – We're not going to put Wyndham Rotunda on there? We're not doing a little, little WR? Yeah, I, as I pull this up here, I thought uh, I thought that was weird myself. Um, but yeah, we're talking about the B Dubs. Uh, I could just be a huge fan of Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, I, I've always called it B Dubs, Mike. That's I mean that's it right there. Uh, and we've also got the AC again. Uh, could just be a hint uh, that I needed to check my AC unit. I I mean we can't only land on two options here. That it's it's Adam Cole and Bray Wyatt. Um, I would have gone with. Wyndham Rotunda, because I feel like that would have been like if he's trying to be subtle, right? And put it at the bottom of his shoes. And and I'm not trying to make the point that it's absolutely not Bray Wyatt, but I mean, come on, if he's trying to be cute, right? And and throw it out there like that. Why why not do Wyndham? Why why do Bray Wyatt? I think the best um, pages of Where's Waldo books were when the good stuff was in the middle. If you put it in the corner, it's really easy for me to find. So I think they should have maybe forced Punk to get a new Where's Waldo tattoo. And you got to figure out which WWE superstar is coming over next uh, based on a chest tattoo on Punk. Um, I also wore that. Uh, we didn't get to see it because I, I think this was um, where I, where these pictures were taken were after Rampage was done. Uh, filming and Pluggo, of course, thrown out there. Austin Cold. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Duncan on that one. Um, he he had um, oh my god, uh, now I can't remember the uh, the band's name, but he had a, a band reference fiend T-shirt. It was, it was like the maybe the fans of this band. God damn it, mm. it's that stupid band that everybody had a T-shirt of in high school, and I'm talking. Me graduating 2006, Mike, you're 2005. So everybody had, uh, was it Miss, the Misfits? Right? Oh, Misfits t shirt? Yeah. Everybody had the Misfits. I thought you were going to say of that band. We all <laughs> have our chocolate starfish uh, t shirts going on. And the <laughs> hot dog flavored water. <laughs> He's making a comeback. Um, 
So yeah, man, I, I guess, uh, I don't know if there's really that much to dissect on this topic. It's just, I, I, I really get a kick out of AEW rewarding dedicated viewers who are looking for hints uh, about what's to come in the future. But I guess some people are, I don't know, filling their pampers. Uh, not a big fan of uh, the reveal of the spoiler, but I mean, there's it's, it's 2021. I mean, we're all glued to the apps that are essentially live dirt sheets anytime there's just a, a, a vague mouse fart about who's coming over to AEW. So I... I, I don't know. I, 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 think. I would say the only question to ask, and uh, we can treat this as, uh, why don't we brand it out, right? Let's, uh, Mike, let's do a hot tag question. Yeah. When Punk says we have to be a bit more patient, how would you, what are you thinking off the top of your head? What, what's a bit more patient? Are we, are we talking just a week here? For all out, or are we talking a few months here till we get to full gear? Where are you throwing it somewhere in the middle? Um, God, I. God damn it, Plugo! No, <laughs> <laughs> Apollo Cruz. For anybody uh, who's not watching on YouTube, is no Plugo. Plugo's still working. Um, I, I like, I like the idea that. Uh, Plugo, you're just on Google right now searching pro wrestler. You have pro wrestler, and then you're putting in A and letting Google. Just wait for the autofill to come in. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I wouldn't yeah, mind seeing can... uh, Ashley Charlotte Flair. You know, Charlotte Flair, WWE entity, but maybe Ashley Charlotte. I like that. Um, Matt, uh, if you want me to pick a number, um, I'm going to give you the, the day. I'm going to give you the dynamite after All Out because. It's in Chicago. We're going to be CM Punk all night. I don't think we're going to have the energy to also Daniel Bryant or Brian Danielson mark out all night. So I'll, I'm going to go the next uh, Dynamite there. How about that? <laughs> have we looked at the schedule? Is there a, an Aberdeen, Washington show coming up for uh, the AEW tour? What I, uh, I I do want to check one quick thing here because I'm trying. I'm doing the math. Yes. Um, how about how about we go? Because <laughs> what I you said you were gonna pick a number randomly, uh, or you I thought you were gonna pick one randomly, and I thought you were gonna say sixty nine, uh, because sixty nine days out would be a week before full gear. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that out there. That's where I thought you were going, and I I, I had that thought that you were gonna say that, and I, I was like, wait a minute, sixty nine days. You do you do know your. Uh, yeah, you do know your demo, man. Uh, that's that's something I would probably say. Um, so yeah, I, I, I guess I would give it that long. I think oh. we're going to be able to have a moment with punk before we already start debuting other people. <laughs> uh, Greg, Greg's on board with the 69s, but I, I do want to throw out there. I do think it's more likely that he's mixed in with full gear. I, I just, uh, and I know this isn't something we want to get too deep into, but the, the use, the word usage the uh, patient, uh, you know, a bit more patient. I don't see that being like a week. I, I feel like he said that he knows what's going on. And I mean, you, you've got to have the fallout with um, the fallout from all out and all, uh, you know, whatever. Um, it's not funny. You got to have the fallout from that. And I think there's probably still a few more names that want to attach themselves to punk and I, you know, 
I, I wanted to bring this up too because um, what are we doing? We're doing Pac versus Andrade, mm-hmm. and I got to be out like uh, f- for uh, for All Out, and I I was just kind of like, oh my god, I completely forgot that's happening. I completely forgot about Andrade's pay per view match at AEW because clearly there's one thing on my mind, and it's you know. I mean, like I have some of my favorite hockey podcasts that I listen to week after week. They they spent on their hour and a half episode spent forty five minutes talking about CM Punk. So I mean, this is huge. This is huge for pro wrestling. If anybody you know gets angry that you know these our show other shows are focusing too much on CM Punk, this really is like one of the biggest things to happen in pro wrestling in a very long time. So I'm very excited to talk CM Punk on our hockey podcast. So I'm really looking forward to this Sunday. <laughs> but I, I guess to kind of finish that point, I think we got to let us absorb all the punk we can before we throw in a Daniel Bryan. I know, I know it could be something where it's like, um, I mean, we had the Milwaukee Bucks on AEW Rampage, and you know, sometimes you do want to do three-pointer after three-pointer in the NBA because you got to put the dagger in. you got to end the game. So maybe it really is just like we're going to go two straight months here. We're going to introduce CM Punk, and then we're going to bring back Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, you know, come back as as more of the indie-style wrestler that he was. And and really just blow the roof off again, and really just own pro wrestling and and all the narratives and um, shoot. I, I mean, there there is that option, but I I still feel like the better option is. Uh, and that, this is me learning from you when you were talking about Big E having only one moment per night because we got to space him out. Uh, save Daniel Bryan for later in the fall, possibly twenty twenty two. I don't know if it's gonna be. That long, if only because, you know, I think we have an understanding of how much Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, I got to get used to that. Brian Danielson yep. loves his business, um, but there's just so much we can do in the meantime. Uh, you know, I think Wyndham, people are dying to get that guy right now. He's still got all his heat as the fiend. Um, Adam Cole, you know, joining the elite in some capacity, I, you know, that'd be really exciting stuff. Not to mention all the people who are, Currently employed by All Elite Wrestling that we want to see more of. Um, looking at you, Andrade. Uh, but we haven't seen a match from him, really, um, under the AEW umbrella. Um, and we're already, you know, fantasy booking guys who are uh, potential signees. So I'm, I'm ready to sit down and watch a little Andrade and Pac um, before, uh, you know, looking ahead to uh, Brian Danielson. I'm, I'm okay with where I'm at right now. I can I can save a few more surprises for my, for my future here. We've got uh, Plugo reminding us too. Ruby's on her way. Um, Mike, I got I got oh, one yeah. more hot tag question. It's revolving around this topic, so I'm sorry. You said there wasn't too much to talk about. I can't get away from it. But one more hot tag. Mike, is there is the brand of Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, so big mm-hmm. that he's going to come back in some? former fashion of that Brian Danielson name or focusing on the Daniel Bryan part of it. Is that so big that they don't want to waste it? Or is he going to come back as the American dragon? Do you mean, is he going to wrestle as Daniel Bryan? 
Uh, no, I'm asking pretty much Brian Danielson or American Dragon. Uh, I'm asking, is that brand too big for them to pass on? Oh, um, I think he's so big, it won't matter. You think I, I mean, the, like one, the one thing I'm kind of interested in is the one thing I, I'm kind of interested to see is when he does show up, um, is whether or not he's going to come out to his indie music when he came out to the final countdown by Europe, or if uh, you know Tony Khan's going to shell out for uh, his own Ride of the Valkyries. Uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm more um, eager to it, to kind of. He, he could he could do a classic version of it because it should be public domain at this point, right? Ride of the Valkyries. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it won't have that that rock one that you know uh, WWE uh, remastered. But uh, yeah, he can absolutely get that for for real. Flacco's on board. I think Flacco's also on board if we if we move on as well. Um, Mike, which uh, do you want to jump into some more AEW news? Oh, you know what? Can I? Can we talk about this? Um, I want to talk about the distinction between AEW talking about WWE when and and when I I make that comment, we've talked before on the show about AEW as a whole focusing on WWE and what they're doing. And then CM Punk talking about WWE and his journey back to pro wrestling. Um, Are you looking at Booker T on this one? That's, that's probably where it started. <laughs> um, and then there's all the, you know, we've asked people all the time not to be like, focus on the, the wrestlers, try not to focus so much on the brand and then, you know, watch your wrestling that way, then just, you know, absorb it, enjoy it. Uh, we're going to get into that later, actually, when it comes to NXT and uh, Walter. But um, I I guess it, it really is just getting so frustrating because this is, uh, this is something where Twitter just gets so angry about CM Punk talking about. I, you know, for me, it's different because this is his life. This is his journey. And we, we talked before that it, there was a great possibility that his story was going to vo- revolve around that for quite a while besides getting into the ring with Darby Allen. Uh, but right there is uh, the problem with some people is that uh, they want him to focus on only Darby Allen and they don't want him to bring up WWE, despite it being a huge part of this seven year hiatus the uh, health issues for both mind and body. And it, it really is like it. This is something that is CM Punk. That's what, if we're going to use the word brand, like we did with Daniel Bryan slash Brian Danielson, that is the brand of CM Punk. And we all know that that was a hard relationship. Um, it was probably tough for him to come back to that, that WWE backstage show. And um yeah, I mean, he, he's back in the ring now, even making the comments and letting us know how, how tough it was. Um, so I guess I wanted to get your opinion on it, Mike, because you haven't been as hard on AEW as I have, where I've made the comment, you know, Verizon doesn't bring up other brands. Verizon just is Verizon, and then they, they, they're they successful. But I, I think this is way different when you're talking about the journey of a human being. And we've stepped so far away from kayfabe that you can't just eliminate that conversation from CM Punk's journey. So that's where I stand now, but I wanted to get your thoughts. I don't, I don't think it would be so uh, like book Booker T came out and said, you know, Punk came back had 10 minutes of TV time to make his point. Uh, had the perfect crowd. Quacky quacky duck duck moment on his podcast. 
Uh, yeah, it was okay. uh, quite, quite the duck duck. Uh, Punk had the perfect crowd to be able to go out there. And really, I'm talking about having a party up in the United Center. But Punk came back, took his moment, chose to talk about WWE. There and there was just a total miss as far as I'm concerned. Um, I guess my beef with that is I do not agree. <laughs> um, I don't think he dedicated quite as much about just throwing shade at WWE, but more like his, like you said, his his journey uh, from leaving professional wrestling entirely for, you know, seven going on eight years and then finally coming back. Um, and there was a real just detachment, you know, it, it broke him. You know, he, he couldn't, he couldn't harp on that enough that it hurt him physically, spiritually, and emotionally being in WWE. So for, for the man to like crack like that, um, to totally disassociate himself from wrestling, not go to another company, disassociate himself from something he, you know, formerly used to define, uh, his very being as a human on earth. Um, I think maybe maybe book is taking it, you know, kind of it in the in the scope that, you know, a lot of AEW guys, you know, after they've left WWE, WWE have you know come over and their first promos have been like, yeah, you know, I'm going to grab my own brass ring over here, and so maybe it's just because you know he's had a few iterations of that promo, but I mean, Punk was the original voice of the voiceless. Um, he. Uh, you know, and he did say this past Wednesday with uh, Shivani that he's going to have to retire the voice of the voiceless because he knows Tony Khan is in the back actually listening to the crowd and giving them what they want. Um, so, no, I, I, I don't think Punk's first promo was, was that off base because I, I think we did, we did kind of want an answer. We didn't just want to celebrate. It had been seven years. Like, you saw that guy crying in the crowd, that, that infamous guy, and... Uh, it's a real relationship that we had with punk because he was such a symbolic, um, you know, manifestation of our frustrations with a company that we've all put our time and money into and not felt like we've been rewarded for that. And punk, whenever people cheered for him, they, they liked him, but they also liked, liked what he stood for. You know, that, that voice of the voiceless, that cult of personality. And I, I don't think that his promo, his first one back could have not mentioned WWE. I don't think it would have. I don't think it it'll like stand the test of time if it was just out there to be a party because th this we we needed to hear some sort of explanation. Where have you been, man? You could hear us for years. Like we we love you. We we love what you represent. Um, you know we think AEW is a perfect podium for you to do that and. I think he mentioned WWE and his experience there just enough while also still making time to, you know, call out the Darby Allens and the Jungle Boys and, you know, Chicago and ice cream bars and, um, you know, still making time to jump in the crowd and stuff like that. It was still a party, but I, I think the crowd, he was giving them what, what they wanted and they wanted an explanation from one of their heroes and, it wasn't a full 20 minute shade of WWE. So I, I don't think book is, I don't think he's right on this one. I, I'm not on, I'm not on his side on this take. I, I think we deserved it. And I, I think we got just enough, even with the dilution of that, you know, I'm finally free of the WWE shackles promos that we've been hearing over the past couple of years and Cody breaking the, you know, the triple H throne, all that stuff, all that stuff was still out there, but punk's, 
take on it was still fresh because we know what an impact it had on him. So I, I, I don't have a problem with, with what Punk said. And I've watched that promo like seven or eight times in its 20-minute duration. And Book, eh, not one of my uh, quacky, quacky, duck, duck moments for his, uh, you know, commentary career. <laughs> and I've been bringing up uh, I've been bringing up the Verizon comparison for quite a while, but uh, Plugo coming in to to squash that, uh, bringing up that Verizon stole a Sprint that's Sky true. and he's been using that shtick. Uh, so I guess I'm I'm gonna have to figure out another company that's number one that uh, doesn't bring up their competitors. Uh, Mike, uh, I I made a let's see if this gets removed from YouTube. But what's funny is I I thought. This is going to go on for a while. Is that we're going to have CM Punk segments? So I did actually create a CM Punk intro, and I'm hoping oh because boy. it's less than two seconds that it doesn't get removed from. It better be a second and a half. Why? <laughs> this is a, so. This will wrap up our, our CM Punk uh, segment, and we'll move on to the next segment after this. <laughs> That's it. Oh so we're going to get to whole accounts getting taken. AEW, CM Punk's coming after us. Phil <laughs> Brooks, done. his wife April, they're all coming for us, man. <laughs> now, M MJF is coming for Chris Jericho, Mike. Um, this he could be coming for it all. And I think um, I think this is good timing because, like I mentioned uh, earlier, and just to kind of put it, uh, we'll finish, uh, maybe I should say what MJF is coming for. Jericho's putting his career on the line in his next yeah. match uh, at All Out with MJF. Um, but it could be good timing, because I mentioned earlier in the show, I forgot that Andrade, Andrade has a fucking match at All Out. <laughs> I was listening, uh, I was listening to them uh, on uh, AEW Rampage go through the match card, and I went, fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's probably time to eliminate some of these guys, and if there's anybody that is the perfect name, to give a break to, I don't think Jericho would go away forever. But to me, it's certainly Chris Jericho. I got to say, I will I will be really disappointed if he wins that match. Uh-huh. I don't think that he should ever get a win over MJF. Ever. Um, I think that this... What we wanted to do with Fandango, but <laughs> he didn't really... Deserve it, not in the vein that MJF does, uh, you know, because of the you know the guy just oozes uh, like black venom symbiotic uh, charisma with you know his his slimy vitriol always you know seeping out of his pores. Um, I, I don't think he should ever lose to Chris Jericho. I, I love that this is one man that Jericho just can't beat, and uh, with all this extra talent coming over, I don't know how we're gonna have time for these Christian Cage segments. Um, Andrade segments, Brian Danielson segments, CM Punk right. segments, um, Ruby Soho segments. Um, it's okay. And I'm, I'm okay to actually hear Chris on Friday nights because people give him a lot of grief on social media about screaming into the microphone. But you know what? I'll take that over Mark Henry. Oh, hey, do you think that Christian Cage hides me, Mark Henry? Uh, are you worried about getting injured in this match against Kenny Omega? And even Cage, he's like, what? What question are you asking me right now? <laughs> this is a hot mic, man. We're live. What are you doing? <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I would love to see Jericho in that role, which, you know, he's vastly overqualified for that. But 
He's good at getting people over. He's good at, at you know being charismatic, enthusiastic. I, I would prefer him to see him in that commentary role than than Mark for right now. Maybe send him to AEW Dark Developmental. You know, kind of figure it out a little bit. You know, kind of do some yeah. easy interviews and then work his way up to talking to Kenny Omega and Don Callis. Who Don Callis also did a double take when Mark asked the exact same question. Oh, Kenny, are you scared about getting uh, an injury fighting? Christian Cage and Frankie Kazarian, and uh, Omega immediately turned that, hey, Don, uh, you got this one? <laughs> and Don's like, not really, Kenny. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I really hope this is the end of Jericho's uh, wrestling career, just for the immediate future. You know, we're, we're fans. I, I loved when he did that Lion Salt um, during the, uh, the the trials of, of Jericho. Uh, they, I forgot what they called that. Um but uh, yeah, uh, we we got so many guys coming in. It's it's gonna be fine. Uh, let the Jerichos and the Codys, you know, kind of take a backseat, do some more producing, and I, I think the television program's gonna be fine. Those two guys were just in there to prop up new guys anyway. Um, that was the whole point of Jericho doing the inner circle, getting Sammy Guevara over, um, trying to get Santana and Ortiz over, trying as goddamn hard as he could to get Jake Jack Hager over. Um, you know, only so much can be done, you know. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's that was their job, and I think they did a really good job of it. You know, Cody helped get that TNT championship over. It helped get Darby over. Now it's getting Miro over, and, and, you know, they serve their purpose, and now they can kind of back up, and I think everybody's better for it. So please don't let Jericho even the win-loss record against MJF, please. Matt, um, are you echoing that sentiment? Uh, I, yeah, like I said at the, at the beginning, I, I really, and, and I guess I'm looking at it from the perspective of giving this roster some more space. Um, I mean, let Tony Khan continue to blow the horn that I haven't released anybody by having Chris Jericho step off, you know, <laughs> step out of the spotlight for a little bit. Um, and you do that by giving some of these other guys some spotlight time, give them some more time, uh, you know, with your, your two different shows now on TNT slash TBS. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. Matt, um, that brings us to our wrestling question of the week. Are you buckled in? Oh, crap. I was all ready to get our next segment ready, but uh, I guess what will be our next segment. Go ahead. Go, go, go. Matt, it's uh, less a question and more a challenge for you. I hope you're buckled in. I, uh, the two of us love Eddie Kingston. Uh, what a um, you know Hall of Fame voice on the microphone. Uh, he's got the persona, right? Uh, hell of an entrance with that music. But my God, when that man wrestles in that ridiculous singlet, I, I can't take him seriously. So Matt, challenge of the week this week. I need you to redesign Eddie Kingston's wrestling ring attire what do you got for us i mean i guess i was kind of my my brain goes to early 90s wwe and you know you have like the goon uh coming out in full (laughs) hockey gear interesting start so (laughs) there's two things that came to mind um 
Yeah. One of them absolutely can't work because I always think of the cookie promo that he did. And you guys can look up Eddie Kingston cookie promo on YouTube and you'll see what I'm talking about. And I couldn't quite put my finger on a way to make that work, you know, like cover them in cookie dough and have them go out and that because it'd be pretty flexible. It'd be like going out there in jeggings. But uh, I, I've decided that I want him to to come out dressed. And, and again, going back to the early 90s WWE <laughs> I want him to be like a pizza guy. You know, I want him to come out with your pizza peel and I want him to have like a greasy white shirt and like an apron, um, you know, like a greasy white tank top and have maybe a, like a, a chef's hat, but I, I'm picturing like a red ones, maybe a red apron with the red hat would look pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I'm just picking is this. This is this a like WWE pitch. Yeah, that's exactly what this, uh, yeah, Kevin Dunn, uh, really this is Kevin Dunn and Bruce Richard throwing that at him. Because <laughs> I can't imagine any other way that you would dress the man uh, besides just telling him, like, hey, look at Moxley. Just come out and, you know, pretend you just worked on your motorcycle and you some guy pushed it over. And now you're going to beat the shit out of him. Like, those are your two options. Um, <laughs> pizza right, guy right. or... Pushed over your motorcycle. Um, Man, you couldn't have echoed, uh, uh, emulated the brain of Kevin Dunn more accurately than that. I like it. Uh, what I was going to do, uh, Matt, we, uh, hey, Benjamin, how you doing, man? Yeah, we glad love you, uh, man. Glad you're staying up late with us here on the East Coast. Um, but yeah, if you're going to redo Eddie Kingston's gear, I, I don't know why we don't just go away from one of his idols in DMX. Let the man wrestle in some, some Timberlands, man. Let's get him in a DMX uh, tank top. Like uh, when he came out to beat up Miro, yeah. I would just let him wrestle. Like I mean, it worked for Cena. It worked for uh, our boy Moxley. He used to come out in the jean jeggings. You know, yep. get uh, get Eddie some uh, some jean jeggings. Get him, a, get him a Tupac. Get him a series of sleeveless Tupac tanks. Uh, and, Matt, I think the Timberlands are uh, a requirement at this point. I, I don't need to see Eddie and real wrestling gear he's he's just a real fighter um so i would i would just make him maybe adopt that look a little bit i think it would really work what's funny is uh i i saw that today and i saw your question and i thought to myself why not that but i also wanted to stay away from it in case there had been matches that i'd missed and in, in my time away from aew that uh that he was wearing it, so I just didn't want to look like a a, a, a silly a, a silly goose. So I, I kept that off. I kept that as far away as possible. So instead of sounding like a silly goose, I said I wanted to wrap him in cookie dough and make him look like a pizza peeler. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Um, I think uh, I think that was your last. AEW point of the week. Um, Mike, you were super stoked. I, I I picked out a picture. I picked out a Twitter post so we don't get in too much trouble. Um, I yeah. think my mouse just died. Yep. All right. Yeah, friend oh, of the show. Friend music. of the show. Matt, he's retweeted us and favorited us innumerable times. So many <laughs> Clearly times. Clearly best friends of the show. 
Best friends of the show. Man, we've championed this guy for two years when he air guitared his way into our hearts. Little did we know he could actually play guitar. And now Matt Rick motherfucking Boogs is 2-0 in his young SmackDown career with Shinsuke Nakamura. Did anybody need a reminder of how he looked back in his NXT days? I mean, I don't think anyone would complain for more photos of Rick Boogs, but... Uh, From Milwaukee, Wisconsin, weighing in at 240 pounds. Matt, uh, wrestling uh, challenge of the week, number two here. Um, what is the ceiling for Rick Boogs? And I'm oh, saying, man. listen, for us, we would obviously crown him as uh, dueling heavyweight <laughs> and WWE and Universal champion all at once. But, Matt, realistically, he's getting a pretty good reaction. Pretty good. Is it? Is it mean for me to say I feel like he's already – like he's crowning. Don't like you he do it. Came, Don't you no. No, he's on his floor right now, Matt. How dare you? <laughs> crowning made it more disgusting, but um, less mean. Distract you from the mean. Make it gross. Uh, I just, I, I would have never guessed that he would have been in this position, winning matches with Nakamura. Mike, that would be my dream come true in life. Yeah, it feels like something we fantasy booked. All right, yeah. all right. Okay, so we know we can air guitar. What if he could actually play guitar? Wouldn't that be a guess? Okay, okay. <laughs> and not only does he wrestle, he wrestles with Nakamura. Like, okay, yeah, but is he actually going to win? Yeah. And he wins two matches on his own, kind of, with this weird air guitar pump handle slam. Um, man, I, I don't know if you and I could have fantasy booked the start to his, his young career here any better. Um, and I, I'm really glad that the crowd is uh, screaming along with them. I'm, I'm very happy for the Boogs. Yeah, he might actually get a pay per view match here shortly. I know, I know that we're the happiest, in, including uh, Pluggo. He's he's always reminding us too when uh, Boogs is out there. Um, I know Pluggo was there. Was... Yeah, he was there with us. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I know. Uh, watch. Yeah. I know we're the three happiest people right now in regards to what's going on with his career. Um, but it just feels like every moment now I'm, I'm holding my breath. Uh, I, I mean, think about how many people get released from this company. I can't imagine. Like, if he hits the wrong chord, I feel like the, that's the kind of thing that's going to have to drop and uh, or may drop, and then uh, he'd be dropping as well. So um I'm I'm holding my breath at every turn with this run for Boogs, um, and and you gotta hope that Nakamura doesn't go down anytime soon either, because uh, I feel like Boogs will be shortly after. Um, Man, I got a hot take for you. Oh, crap! You gotta send me something in the chat so I I know, right. especially now that um, my damn mouse just died on me, and I'm I'm not good with the little square pad. Go for it. I want you to fantasy book Rick Boogs playing guitar for one WWE legend at this year's WrestleMania. I mean, the easy one is Bret Hart, right? Like you want him to come out and hit that first. 
Yeah, but what if Natty walks out? Oh, come on. No, you said a legend, so I picked Bret Hart. <laughs> I'm not, you can't go. <laughs> that was close, Matt, but Natty walked out instead, so you fucked it up. I'm sorry, your fancy booking. It didn't work. Um, here comes Natty. Um, all right. Now, I, who's your pick? Matt, if you want to get over in this company, there's there's only one ass you got to kiss, and it's the perfect golden ass of Paul Levesque. Matt, if he plays a little Triple H, time to play the game, a little metal, he's going to be over like Rover, let me tell you. Do you remember? I mean, of course you remember, but you know the new day used I will to never come forget. in, oh. playing the trombone like mid promo, yeah. uh, and getting the the crowd amped. This takes a little bit more production work because you want to shut down the guitar between, you know, promos. Like you don't want to have a live guitar while somebody's holding a microphone right next to it and all that jazz. But yeah. do you think there's a space in the future where? Boogs is, is just trying to get on everybody's good side by playing their entrance music mid promo. Is he ever gonna have let's just let's just cover that. Is he ever gonna have that mic time besides introducing himself and Nakamura and playing his nuts off? Is he ever gonna have the mic time to be able to put together and produce a segment like that? I don't think you and I realized much like Michael Scott, how high he can fly. <laughs> because when he was air guitaring on NXT, uh, rest in peace, black and gold brand, um, I don't think we realized that he could actually shred um, Metallica style on the guitar. Yeah. So knowing that he could do that, that must be why WWE kept him off TV for two years to kind of like figure out a way to package this dude. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm honestly, I, I won't be surprised what lengths they'll go to to get this guy uh, more TV time because they they definitely know their demo. Um, putting Boogs with Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, ooh, Honky Tonk Man for Pluggo. So Boogs could show him what real shredding is. Yeah. Um, they also, you know, looks like they're taking Elias's guitar away because that would be a pretty, pretty embarrassing uh, shred off there. Um, yeah, if they did that, I mean, there's that segment is coming, right? Of Honky Tonk Man, Boogs, and probably throw in Double J once he's feeling a little more strapped. Well, I, mean, I know that Xavier's teaching himself the bass guitar, so I think that would also be a way to get him in there. Uh, a nice. little King of the Ring uh, guitar tournament there. But um, I, is it yeah. is it bad if I look at those four and I already think clearly Xavier's is. is the king of promos among those four guys, but Boogs is already number two on my list. Is that bad? <laughs> Throwing off no, your man, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> they can fight for spots three and four. I'm good. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> so many people unsubscribe. All right. What else, what else we got, Mike? Um, I think we're going to have to skip the festival of friendship because uh, we've still got to talk Brock Lesnar and Becky Lynch coming back. Mike, they created two more moments Man. at SummerSlam. Did they create good stories, or did they just create two moments to get us talking? Matt, I've been uh, I've been fascinated by the dirt sheet on this Brock Lesnar appearance. Um, <laughs> allegedly, people didn't know Brock was going to be there until he was in Gorilla. Now, when you uh, say allegedly, people, you mean me and you, right? 
No. I mean, people that work backstage. And allegedly, if you watch it again, when Brock's music hits, uh, Roman has genuine surprise on his face. So uh, if you, if you want to give this story any credence, I guess I would watch Roman and see how do you feel about his acting ability. Um, because I, I guess I didn't know that Brock was actually going to be there. Do did you see the uh, Ryan Satin Satan Satin um, video online where he's doing he's wrapping up the show? Um, so he he's like, all right, we we just had a great SummerSlam. You can hear Roman Reigns wrapping up uh, after he just took down John Cena's. It was great fun, and then you hear wow wow wow. Oh, should Boogs do that? All right. Anyway, let's focus. Um, yeah. And you know they're they're selling that he had no idea. Oh my god. Looks like uh, we're gonna listen to Matt without seeing him. Which Can you hear me? I would say that we would prefer to see Matt and not hear him. So hopefully we can just see his pretty face and hear less of his rants on Dolph Ziggler being world champion again. Matt, uh, can we hear you there? What's going on over there? Eh, it looks like we lost Matt. Um, but, uh, yeah, so in this this uh, story is that Lesnar just, you know, showed up. Um, much to the surprise of much of the talent, um, including Roman Reigns actually in the ring. And I, I guess... For me, this is a better attempt for WWE to try and rescue the whole CM Punk situation than that misconstrued, uh, misguided, uh, force-fed return of Becky Lynch against Bianca Belair. Um, So, man, just just talking about, you know, it looks like the Brock segment. For me and much of the audience, uh, that worked a lot more than whatever the hell they thought they were doing with with Becky, um, even if in the aftermath they're saying, "Oh, well, uh, Becky's a she's a heel now. Yeah, she's bad." And it's like, well, she didn't quite celebrate like a, a heel. She celebrated like a babyface, kissing babies after she won her title. Uh, you know, high fiving people, uh, big big toothy grin on her face, not a mean mug for the camera to show what a a bad girl she is now. And I don't know. I, I think they're just trying to, you know, save save the uh, the egg on their face when they deflated uh, sixty thousand people. Well, I I posted on on Twitter, and uh, I'll I'll come back to my other point if I remember with uh, Ryan Satin, but um, the, like watching the opening segment on SmackDown today, if you didn't watch that and think to yourself, "Wow, they totally had nothing planned for this." Um, which kind of makes sense because really they were still thinking. I mean, they're they're putting out the uh, the video for Sasha, so they they didn't really have much planned for that night. So why would they have a full storyline planned out? But um, yeah, like like it 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 is totally like a knee jerk reaction. I think a, a combo of Punk and they couldn't have this deflating like oh here comes Carmella to lose to Bianca after CM Punk was just on AEW Rampage so the the problem though and I I hope people know that that's what happened um they can accept that but the the problem with that is that you had a terrible end to Bianca's run 
And then you mixed it with this clunky start to SmackDown where I think we all agreed like SmackDown has been doing um, like it's an amazing television show. They do a wonderful job of highlighting good pro wrestlers, having great promos and great storylines, especially, you know, with with the bloodline leading the way. This is not a great story. Um, So far where everybody said, hey, you got to let. You can't be mad about the Bianca thing. You got to let it play out. All right. Well, we're through a couple of segments. And despite Bianca winning the match, that was some weak ass shit to start to start SmackDown. Our, the best, you know, what's supposed to be the best WWE programming uh, that WWE has to offer. So, yeah, uh, pretty much a failure at SummerSlam and a failure to start SmackDown. And I can attribute it all going back to probably some circumstances being out of their hands. Uh, We don't know what the hell's going on with Sasha Banks, but clearly trying to create one big moment was their priority over doing something that makes sense. So that's where you fail. Yeah. I mean, Bianca, you know, she won the Royal Rumble. She had a a WrestleMania moment. She won in feuds against, you know, Bailey and Sasha. Um, and I, I I know that uh, I know that the worst thing that wrestling fans can do is you know have that knee jerk reaction, but it's like we had this built in like idea of who and what Bianca is, and she'd earned it. Like she she performed really well for you know going on eight months now, um, and she's the face of the brand. And for her to get snuffed out like that in twenty six seconds to uh, a Becky Lynch rock bottom. Uh, what, I forgot what they called it. The man slam, the manhandle slam, something like that. Um, it's for all that effort, uh, that Bianca did for, you know, carrying the, that division for, you know, eight months. It's, it's just disrespectful. It's, you know, it, it also, you know, questions our intelligence as if we just want to see Bianca and like, and again, our, our beef with WWE is just, you know, we put in that time and, you know, finance and uh, supporting somebody like Bianca and just to see it immediately snuffed out because, you know, Becky Lynch is back and you want to have a moment and, you know, you're looking over at what's going on on Friday nights and, you know, a 40 year old CM Punk is making you nervous. And I, I just, there had to be, there's a million better ways to do that and still include Becky in some way and still set up a future where Becky and Bianca go at it without having to sacrifice everything Bianca's built in a 26 second rock bottom squash. I, nobody understood, nobody was cheering and it had nothing to do with the person or the character that they chose to do it with. It had 100% everything to do with the story. Yeah. Is it one of those blanket statements where it's like, WWE creative doesn't know what they're doing. No, I mean, they figured out, you know, Matt Riddle and they figured out Randy Orton. You mentioned the bloodline, another good story. Um, People are growing with uh, Nakamura and Boogs. They they like Baron Corbin, but man, um, they really laid a couple of turds uh, with that women's division. Um, I don't think anybody was excited for Charlotte to win again. Um, but I mean, Rhea has been abused like in her credibility for for so long now. It's like. I don't see her winning, and I don't see her winning a feud against Charlotte anytime soon. And then the person that we thought we were going to invest in, you know, somebody outside that four horsewomen finally snuffed 
in 26 seconds. So it's kind of like, I guess, same old, same old with the women's division. Um, if you're not in the four horsewomen, I uh, I don't see a winning, uh, a pattern of winning um, in your future. So it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I, f I feel like it, it comes back to like my instinct when I'm talking about like Daniel Bryan was to bring up the brand of Daniel Bryan and how that's going to affect Bryan Danielson uh, coming into AEW. The, the brand of Becky Lynch is so strong that they, they let that run the decision-making besides trying to do something that, I don't know, a department with the name creative in it uh, would do something creative. Um, you, you mentioned there's so many different ways to do this. I thought the easiest way, and I can't believe I actually got pushback for this on Twitter, but um, just have Bianca win. Becky's been out of the ring for how long? Have her come back and have a whole another storyline in the fucking division that you tout as the best women's division in professional wrestling. Let's have another storyline, an interesting one of Becky Lynch trying to climb the ladder. And instead it was just, nope, give her the title. She's the biggest name right now. That's all that matters. Cool. Yes, that was creative. Nice job. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's the easiest pick right there just figure it out that way and then go from there with becky lynch either fighting bianca or fighting the rest of this division because all, all, all i saw on smackdown was uh becky said no to fighting any any one of the women that were in the uh ring to start that segment uh and and really to to your point that if you're not one of the four horsewomen you know good luck trying to get over they they also told you that in their creative you don't have to care about these four because becky lynch doesn't and i know that's that's something too where you want them to prevail but who has a really good feeling that bianca belair besides putting in a really great match in round two is going to prevail in however long this feud goes uh because i don't have a ton of confidence in that so if you do Good for you if you're waiting for it to play out and you're going to be, you're one of the people who said, wait for it to play out. And uh, ultimately, you're going to be happy with Bianca coming out with a really hearty effort. And she's, oh, so close. And then you go, well, it's Becky Lynch. All right. Matt, so what are we let's doing? Do, let's do this. Because um, yeah. uh, the return of Becky Lynch should not be something where we're hanging our heads. Um, so we'll have to give that some time for them to. Don't say reestablish Bianca. Um, let's talk about something that was fantastic, and it was maybe the final NXT takeover. Maybe I don't know. Um, and some of the greatest matches ever. Matt, I have one more wrestling question of the week for you. So I already made you, um, you know, look into uh, Eddie Kingston's rest wrestling gear, uh, but Matt, I want you to do something right now that's going to be a little more controversial. All right. Walter versus Dragunov, part two. Mm -hmm. I want to see how many better matches you can name than that one. Because I... Oh, for watch... fuck's sake. It's uh, midnight. Oh, my God. Matt, that's okay. I Just off the top of your head. Because that was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my life. And I was totally captivated. And I think I could get anybody who's never really watched wrestling before to sit down and watch these two 
destroy the capillaries in their respective chests uh, for victory. Matt, would you do you rank this as one of the best matches you've ever seen in your life? I mean, I mean, absolutely, I did. And uh, when I I said earlier in the show, I wanted to bring up that match in regards to um, focusing on the wrestlers that are that are really you know making me happy. I I actually spent that night, so this is Sunday night, um, and, and that's usually you know my wife and I like to have time to uh, hang out, watch TV, play video games together uh before i babysit uh for the upcoming week and she goes back to work but i made sure that the two of us were watching dragonoff and walter on my giant you know it couldn't be on my phone it wasn't gonna be on my laptop i was actually watching it on the tv and everything else to me i was just kind of like that's fine i can watch it on my phone i'm cool and then my wife goes no seriously watch it on tv and i go no fuck no i'm good just Walter Dragunov, and that's it. But I, I mean, that's how I felt before the match even started. And I think it's because we all fell in love with, you know, Walter Dragunov won. But, fuck. Like, Dragunov might be... He's, he's highly rated right now. And he still might be the most underrated professional wrestler in all of professional wrestling right now. <laughs> he's that damn good. Like... And Walter, too. Um, uh, you can't take anything away from a guy who has great matches with um, the likes of Dragunov and Tyler Bate, who are half his size, and he can still manage to get up there, get off the top rope, do some pretty athletic maneuvers. And, yeah. uh, you know, I sound like I sound like I'm really like, uh, Walter's really, you know, he's pretty good. No, he's fucking amazing, too. Um I just, I, I really do, it's so silly because we used to say the Tyler Bate-Walter matches were the best we've ever seen. And I'm sitting here talking about Dragunov being one of the best in pro wrestling right now. And clearly the common denominator was Walter in those two matches. Um, he might be, you know, the best professional wrestler. He's got to... He's, can I just at least, can I say it's not really like a hot take? This is lukewarm, right? He's he's easily in the top ten right now, or at least he should be. Wait, Walter somebody, or Dragunov? Oh, Walter. Okay, yeah, yeah. Walter's top ten. I I still say Dragunov is highly rated, but probably the most underrated pro wrestler in professional wrestling right now. Um, I th- that that tracks, right? That makes sense. Uh, but yeah, if I if I'm just putting that like review on it um and we got half k's on here uh match of the year match of the year no problem easy peasy greatest match of all time <sighs> look we need more time just <laughs> to figure that out right if that well let's look at this isn't a, this isn't a hard this isn't a hard question because i, I think it's immediately in that discussion it's that good. It can Without, be. yes yeah um yeah, I think Walter, he's like an Andre the Giant. Like, he, he's booked him, like, he's created this persona for himself where he's like an Andre the Giant's, like, special attraction where Walter matches are must-see TV. Um, and dragging off, Matt, I was trying to find a fitting, like, comparison for who he is. And he's like, if Darby Allen at Walter's moveset, He's that kind of like smaller stature guy, uh, but he's still just as violent as Walter without the size, and then he still sells as hard as Darby does. Where you're like, my God, that guy looks like he went through 
like a six car pileup every time you hit him with something. Um, but yeah, Ilya, it, we talk about like, you know, like guys like Undertaker saying, you know, I'm, I'm okay with like Brock Lesnar being my first loss at WrestleMania, like giving his blessing. And I got to think after that first punishment <laughs> dragging off took against Walter, Walter said, this is the guy, <laughs> this is the guy who's gonna, you know, um, finally give me my first loss. And Dragunov, I, I don't think anyone watched that and had that feeling like, yeah, they're probably going to take the belt off Walter. But then as you're watching it, you're like, my God, I think Dragunov is going to be the one to like scratch and grab and just kick his way to defeating him. And my God, did he earn it. Um, he's going to have scars for life uh, from that match. I've never seen chops where the guy is literally, it looked like he had like T'Challa's necklace uh, just made out of red marks and exploded blood vessels going literally circling him, uh, his neck and the way these guys were incorporating chops that I've, I've never seen that strong and I've never seen them on the backs of people's heads um, where it, I, I got a little nervous. I, I thought we were about to watch like American history X. Like it, it got, it got pretty graphic, uh, <laughs> but these guys still managed to take care of each other and even though it was violent, I never felt like it was like, oh, my God, you know, they're actually going to get legitimately hurt. It just looked like the strongest, strong style match I've ever seen in my life. And the half gate coming in, it's uh, one of the best uh, finishes we've seen in a while. Storytelling behind it. So amazing. Um, I I, you know, it's funny. I thought you were going to come in with Killmonger and uh, all the tattoos all over his body that he uh, that he uh, scars and tattoos he created is, is how I picture Dragonov's body <laughs> looking going forward. Um, yeah, I think I I, th I think your point is, has been made that um, you know I was I was I've been trying to come up with some matches that first Undertaker Shawn Michaels match. I mean. I, that's still the one that I come back to and I can watch over and over start to finish. No problem. There's the John Cena, Shawn Michaels, which I think is um, underrated. There's going to be a lot of Shawn Michaels on that list, but yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Walter Shawn Michaels is where it's at. Uh, but John Cena, Shawn Michaels at Monday night raw uh, in April of 2007 or 2008. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, they were in, they were in London those matches are are the ones that I, I go back and watch all the time. And I mean, especially looking at that, that night for NXT, there's, there's only one thing I'm going to be watching over and over. You can add in SummerSlam uh, still only one thing I'll be watching over and over, including if it was just, am I going to rewatch those moments or am I going to rewatch this match? It's this match. I will sit down and watch this entire match over and over. This will be one I'm coming back to for years. Um, Hi, yeah, I mean, like, if if it's about the hot take, get yeah, do, like greatest match of all time in the conversation. Is it the greatest match of all time? No, I'm not. I'm not prepared to say that. Let me say that. Can I say I'm not prepared to to put that on there? Because we we've had that conversation before when uh, we're just talking about. Um, Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain in a tag match. Like, I'm just saying, like, I think the other common denominator is NXT and how sad I am that uh, 
Look, I don't hate this logo, okay? I don't hate it at all. I think it's actually pretty snazzy. Some people are making fun of it online. What scares me is the rebranding and that what we watched at NXT TakeOver 36 is going to be changing or going away in some fashion. And maybe that means Walter's coming to, you know, the WWE and they're going to make room for him and he's going to be an attraction just like he is in NXT. But all, all of this changing, just ma- I'm just scared because of change and I'm, I'm scared that uh, what I love so much and what is my favorite show week to week is is getting a huge overhaul uh as was rumored that uh, they're going to be going away from the garganos and going a lot younger uh for nxt and and they really want to double down on the this is development pro wrestling this is not this is not your i'm gonna watch pro wrestling tonight and you know uh, so the idea of what nxt is 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 going was rumored to to make a huge change so i I guess, Mike. I don't know how much else we can dive into that, but I, I'll just say I'm 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 bumming right now that they came out with the new branding because I I feel like a big change is a coming. <laughs> um, God, I should have. I wanted to credit the person, but they said um, latest release by Nick Khan is the NXT logo, <laughs> and they won. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, yeah, it looks like they're definitely uh, rebranding. Uh, Putting the whole like uh, presentation of NXT through a washing machine, and that's a lot. What this logo kind of reminds me of is when you put all your colors in the washing machine. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm kind of nervous for people like Tommaso Ciampa. I don't know what's going to happen to him. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Gargano. It sounds like they're just going to try and find a bunch of guys who are like six two, six three, two hundred and fifty pounds, and they're going to let the smaller uh, wrestlers who can go, I, I don't know, maybe just go to AEW or Impact or something. Um, but, uh, you know, if uh, you and I continue to have this uh, divorce discussion with WWE and, you know, go full-time AEW, I, I'm not going to complain about seeing Tommaso Ciampa, you know, battling MJF on Wednesday nights. Uh, that's that's not going to make me sad at all. So I, I think we'll be okay. But, um, yeah, um, I mean, TakeOver was, I just wanted to touch on that too. It was Walter and Dragunov. It's, uh, that match, uh, you know, was one of the greatest, I think, of all time. Um, carrying Cross and Joe was kind of surprising for me. Uh, one for Cross, he didn't come out in his, uh, his Mad Max gear, uh, like he's wearing on Monday Raw. And, uh, Samoa Joe, he's going to be our champion. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, Dakota Kai... I I was kind of bummed she came up short. Um, I think people were kind of bummed about Adam Cole probably losing his last NXT match to Kyle O'Reilly. I, I thought it was a fine match. I, you know, I don't know what you. I don't know what else you wanted. I don't know if they didn't like the submission finish, but uh, you know, without being the number one match on the card, I, I think it had enough time to tell its story. And uh, man, I had a lot of fun with Cameron Grimes and LA Knight. I. Absolutely. This is a feud I'm still not tired of. I would still like to watch those guys keep fighting, even though it seems like this storyline is finished. So, uh, yeah, I had a pretty good time. And maybe that's just because I enjoyed Walter dragging off so much. It was such an A++ that everything around it was was heightened because that match was so good. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I and going into the next episode of NXT, it still felt really NXT. You know, like uh, so we wrap up NXT Takeover thirty six. Samoa Joe is getting approached by Pete Dunne, Kyle O'Reilly, Champa, LA Knight, um, to to have his next feud get going. So I, I guess right now I'm still a fan of what's going on in NXT. If we were doing our festival of friendship, I would have made the push that NXT was way better than Dynamite this week, uh, as we used to play that game. But um, I, yeah, I guess I, for all the reasons that I said. Big TV for Walter and Dragunov for TakeOver 36, and I was fine watching the rest of it on my phone. Definitely is fueled by the fact that I feel like these changes are coming, and I don't want to invest too much of my time in something that's just going to get the Bianca Belair treatment and eventually will just completely disappear and go away. So there's my fears. There's my feelings. There's NXT. I, I did like, uh, you know, if this is it for NXT, I think Samoa Joe is, is certainly one to walk away from what NXT is now as the champion. Um, I think he really embodies what it what it used to be. I think the only other guy that would make more sense is probably Johnny Gargano. Uh, if that if that was how they're going to wrap it all up. I just, I know yeah, his story I mean, uh, doesn't really this, push him in that direction. This looks like Karrion, uh, you know, going to Raw full-time, and Joe's yep. going to be the transitionary champion for whichever six-foot-three, 250-pound former football player they find to uh, start running NXT. So. Sorry, Joe. I, yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, who, who would you bring to NXT to be the last women's champion? Oh gosh! Uh, I mean, at this point, for a veteran, <laughs> that's where I would have pulled the trigger on Dakota Kai, and then she could have been there as you know somebody who can actually go in the ring to help get the next young young lass over. Um, but I guess we're gonna wait a little bit on that. They they probably just want to keep Raquel down there to you know do some more fine tuning. So you know, probably not a great idea to call her up at this juncture and then uh you know let her get some more matches under her belt against you know top challengers so i would have said oscar <laughs> absolutely not no i'm not no i i do not advocate for that her instagram is too funny to send her to nxt just just for the end just to wrap it up i don't know i had a hot mic i don't know if you heard my my fart of disapproval but it <laughs> plug I think, uh, sorry, Plugo, I missed the timing of this comment, but uh, you have Bailey, uh, but it won't last that long, or Shayna. So, not doing like anything else pick. with Shayna. I like the Shayna pick a lot. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. Um, Mike, anything else you want to touch on? Do we, do we want to do one round of the Festival of Friendship? Nah, not about right. an hour 11. We're good. Let's wrap it up. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Um, Blago, thanks for chatting. I missed you, buddy. It's been a while. Um, I know, man. So, uh, if anybody else wants to chat, find us at BOD Podcast on Twitter. We are at Brothers underscore Ovens underscore discussion on Instagram. And I shamed myself enough while wrapping up these episodes that I'm back on Instagram. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, find us on YouTube as the Brothers of Discussion. And uh, we also have our Twitch channel running. Uh, we played some, um, what's the Left 4 Dead sequel? 
Back for Blood. Back for Blood. So once that comes out, that's going to be full time. And then, of course, we're going to have our new WWE game coming out next year. And Matt is also a huge hockey fan, which that game should be coming out in a couple months. Don't forget, Dead by Daylight. We got Pinhead coming in from uh, Hellraiser. I know Matt's real excited for that one. Oh, yeah. Can't can't wait. Yeah. Dead by Daylight. Best game ever. Woo! All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye.